what if there were a fountain of youth pill that could add decades to your life? Would you take it? Unlocking the Fountain is a podcast about the mysteries of aging and the scientific quest to slow, stop, or even reverse it. When do you think we're going to have the first 150-year-old? I think that person's already alive. Unlocking the Fountain. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is beyond picturesque. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. We, we live in a calendar picture. You live Not in a calendar a picture. Nice day today. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. This is White Coat Blackheart. Property across the road here. Oh, so you have a boat? If you're going to be here, you have to have a sailboat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Martinsbrook, Nova Scotia, which is just what you'd imagine a calendar picture to look like. This is, this is gorgeous. Yeah. We should go out on the, on the dock for the interview. We should. <laughs> if you want to, we sure can. But for the couple you're about to meet, it's their new home where they plan on retiring, which means they're going to need health care. And that's why I'm here today. Donald McClendon, I live with my lovely wife, Leah DeForest, and uh, our cat, George, in Martinsbrook, Nova Scotia. We're recent residents, and um, I'm a semi-retired terrestrial ecologist working mostly in the Canadian Arctic, Uh, but more recently, it's so beautiful here. I've uh, retired from summers in the Arctic, and, uh, and I'm doing just a few passion projects. Hi, I'm Leah DeForest. Uh, I am a ecologist as well, um, and uh, getting close to retirement um, and happily living in rural Nova Scotia on the South Shore. Nova Scotia, like most provinces, is in the midst of a family medicine crisis. Like Leah and Donald, a lot of family doctors their age are also retiring, a fact that picked up steam during the pandemic. Today, across Canada, around 6.5 million Canadians don't have a family doctor. In this province, it's around 142,000 Nova Scotians. When Donald and Leah left Winnipeg to embark on retired life in Martinsbrook, they also left behind their family physician. We had an amazing uh, family doctor in Winnipeg who was just everything you want a family doctor to be, caring, considerate, uh, listened to you, uh, solved all of our issues and problems. So we moved from having a really effective family doctor to Nova Scotia with no with no family doctor and many, many thousands of people looking for family doctors. When did you arrive in Nova Scotia to live? We got here in the fall of 2021. Yeah. How do you get a family doctor in Nova Scotia? Like, what was the process that you followed? I think it's more you don't get a family doctor directly. Um, When you get into the province and you apply for your health card, you get added to a list. And when we were on this list, we knew, you know, from the onset that there were many tens of thousands of people ahead of us. They told us we were in a list and that we would be contacted as things moved along. But, you know, I had that terrible feeling that it would be some time before we got a doctor. During COVID, family practices across the country had no choice but to pivot to virtual care. The provinces paid for it in part because they wanted to care for patients without sending them to the ER. Pandemic restrictions have been lifted, and most provinces have cut the fees for seeing patients virtually. They want you to see your doctor in person. Trouble is, as we've said, many Canadians no longer have a doctor. Different provinces across Canada are addressing that in some wildly different ways. BC has recently started paying family physicians more for complicated patients and for time spent doing paperwork, in part so they don't quit. 
Saskatchewan is building more walk-in clinics. In Ontario and Alberta, pharmacists prescribe medications and treat minor ailments. Meanwhile, Nova Scotia is pursuing a more radical solution. Rather than moving away from virtual care, they're leaning in. They were the first province post-COVID to maintain and even expand publicly funded virtual care as a permanent service provided free of charge for those 160,000 or so Nova Scotia residents who qualify for health care but don't have a family doctor. New Brunswick and PEI have since followed suit. The program is called Virtual Care Nova Scotia. Today on the show, we'll learn all about it and find out how it's working so far beginning with Leah and Donald. What would your options be then if you needed medical care before signing up with Virtual Care Nova Scotia? Well, there are walk-in clinics. I I think there's one in Bridgewater, but the one when we were living in Hubbard's was um, just outside Halifax. I phoned that place and you you phone at 8.30 in the morning to make an appointment. It's not a walk-in. It's a phone-in, make an appointment, and then you can walk in. Um, I phoned that place four or five or six times, never, never even got to talk to anybody because however it works at 830, everybody, a whole bunch of people phone that number and it's like a lottery. I was never successful at the so walk. If your car, if your call doesn't go through, you can be pretty sure that it's booked up Yeah, for the day. You, yeah, you've missed correct. your opportunity. I to- mean, it, it's booked up by 835. Here it's either, you know, walk-in clinics or emergency. And, um, you know, coming from a place where I had that doctor and that hands-on care, it was very disturbing to me because I, I mean, unless it was really an emergency, I don't want to go to emergency. I don't want to clog that up. So, you know, that's where it becomes really tricky if you don't have a, a doctor, you know, what do you do? You know, how do you not overload the system? We've heard stories of people going to renew their prescriptions in emergency. And I mean, that is not what you want to be doing. Leah was the first in the household to use virtual care Nova Scotia. I had some sort of a a breathing issue, kind of bronchitis, and I signed up online. Um, Very easy to do if you're, you know, a bit computer savvy. I got an appointment, chatted with the doctor, and um, they said, well, we want to listen to your chest. We're going to send you to a hospital uh, about 45 minutes from here. So uh, it was probably a couple of weeks, maybe a week, two weeks later. I drove to a hospital in Liverpool, Nova Scotia, and got a nurse practitioner to listen to my chest. And she was able to prescribe me medication. And yeah, it was all very neat and tidy. And, you know, I wasn't sitting in a waiting room normally. Okay. So here's the screen. Right. Hi there, Leah. How can we help you get care? This visit is for myself. Um, it gives you a, a screen where you would fill in the details um, of why you're, why you're there. Paragraph, yeah. yeah, paragraph. I would have that cut and pasted so I could stick it in. And then you kind of hit enter, and then they say you're in the queue. They text you. They phone you. Um, you're able to do a virtual or telephone visit. Um, so what do you remember about that first encounter with the, was it a doctor or a nurse practitioner, the one who sent you for the chest x-ray? It was a doctor who I spoke with. Um, and yeah, it was amazing because, you know, um, being a civil servant, I'm used to my zoom calls and, you know, having these meetings. So to actually meet with a doctor, uh, yeah, it was, 
it was so easy. It was, it was fantastic. The doctor who saw Leah virtually and thought she needed a chest x-ray sent her to a hospital. But as we'll find out a bit later on, virtual clinicians also have the option to send patients to an in-person clinic set up especially for virtual patients who need more than a virtual visit can provide. Donald and Leah have used Virtual Care Nova Scotia several times since Leah's initial visit, including one day recently when Donald and Leah headed out on their bikes and Donald took a really nasty fall. I sat there for about 15 minutes and realized mm, I don't think anything's broken. I'm not coughing up any blood. I can take a deep breath. It really hurts. You didn't consider calling 911? We were really in the middle of nowhere, you know, between two towns on a trail. So we waited a bit. There was no blood. <laughs> you could breathe. So this next morning we got on. Uh, a doctor phoned us within two hours, I think, even less. Was, I think it was an hour. It was, it was an hour. Dr. Norm Pinsky got back to us and had a complete, you know, list of questions uh, that we had. Uh, Leah was holding up the tablet to my back because there were, were there contusions? Was there bruising? Was there swelling? You know, he could do that kind of visual diagnosis. So he was attempting to do some sort of physical examination, at least gather more information yeah. before deciding, before recommending what to do. Yeah, lots of questions, lots of important questions, that, that uh, penetrating questions. And uh, then the, the visual, you know, with the tablet held up to look at my back. And um, he concluded there might be some cracked things, but, you know, nothing broken. You know, it's not going to help to go uh, to see a doctor. You need some, some pain remedy. And, and he recommended, uh, you know, the um, Tylenol with codeine over-the-counter at a drugstore, and that's what I've been <laughs> living on at prescribed amounts for the last two weeks, making my, making my life bearable, yeah. But what about those times when you think your medical situation might warrant a trip straight to the hospital? As Leah discovered on her next health issue, part of using Virtual Care Nova Scotia is understanding its limitations. Well... I had an interesting experience last week where I had to make that decision whether I was going to use Maple Care or go through a different uh, approach. Leah DeForest just mentioned Maple Care. That's the name of the digital platform. Maple administers privately funded virtual care in Nova Scotia and other provinces, but Nova Scotia has worked with them to host this new publicly funded version. Um, I had a very, very rapid heartbeat on a Sunday into the evening, and um, we thought about going to emergency, and the thought of sitting in emergency for eight hours just didn't make sense. Um, went to sleep, got up in the morning, and considered calling Maple, but it was that feeling of, what is the doctor on the other end of a computer going to tell me that, um, you know without actually seeing me in person. I felt better that Monday morning, but by Tuesday, I'd spoken with enough people that I thought, you know, I probably should go and get somebody to listen to my heart, get some blood tests. And so I did go in for emergency. So what did you turn out to have? Um, they don't know. They weren't certain. Blood tests came back quite well. I'm going to get, I'm getting a test for Lyme disease, potential thyroid issues. You know, if this is the harbinger of a periodic heart problem that needs to be addressed, you know, you might end up needing blood thinners, thyroid needs to be checked, that needs to be followed up, you need an echocardiogram, you need a lot of stuff. You need a family doctor. Absolutely. So, so has this made you rethink, you know, the urgency of getting a family doctor compared to, to before this episode? 
Absolutely. I mean, when we first came to this province, my biggest fear was, you know, what are we going to do about medical care as we both age? So yeah, we're going to have to really advocate, but yeah, we really are going to be hurting for ongoing care. We just hope someone's going to send us an email someday, says, here's your new family doctor. So, I mean, that's all we know. There's no sort of ongoing, you just went from 8,000 to 7,999. There's no uh, kind of listing like that. So. So given those odds, the uncertainty of when you're actually going to get a family doctor or a nurse practitioner, how important is virtual care Nova Scotia to you right now? It's a lifeline. It's a lifeline for us. It's simple as that. Thank you so much for speaking with me. No problem. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming by, Doc. We'll be right back. What if there were a fountain of youth pill that could add decades to your life? Would you take it? Unlocking the Fountain is a podcast about the mysteries of aging and the scientific quest to slow, stop, or even reverse it. When do you think we're going to have the first 150-year-old? I think that person's already alive. Unlocking the Fountain. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to White Coat Blackheart. This week, we're in Nova Scotia, where the province has set up a unique system to provide virtual care to the estimated 142,000 Nova Scotians who qualify for health care but don't have a family doctor. If Nova Scotians like Donald McLennan and Leah DeForest are still hoping for a family doctor even after using VCNS multiple times, how do the doctors on the platform feel about it? How do you do? Shoes off. This is a beautiful home. You don't have to take your shoes off. We have four dogs. (laughs) They don't take their shoes off. Okay. Come on in. Well, remember when Donald took that fall off his bike? He mentioned the doctor who saw him on Virtual Care Nova Scotia by name, Dr. Norm Pinsky. Donald. I was talking to him and all of a sudden he just dropped out and I said, oh, you know, I typed and said, you must have poor connection. He said, you won't believe it. I just dropped my phone on the deck and it fell into the ocean. I said, that's the first time anybody's given me that excuse to hang up on me. So Peggy's Cove is there. How far down? 40 kilometers as the crow flies. 30. But uh, this is a lake. We've got a beaver lodge right over on the other side. The dogs have a fence. They run like crazy. This is puppy paradise, we call it. Nice place to retire. Nice place to practice virtual medicine, I guess. You're going to see. Dr. Pinsky's home is, like Donald and Leah's, a perfect place to retire. Or at least it would be if Norm hadn't become one of the many doctors in Nova Scotia to come out of retirement to work for Virtual Care Nova Scotia. Hi, I'm Norm Pinsky. I've been a family doctor for 42 years. I've worked in clinics, in the jail. I've worked in New Zealand and Australia. I've gone on several medical missions, but now I'm just doing virtual care, and it absolutely is one of my favorite parts of medicine that that I've ever done. How did you first become a family doctor with Virtual Care Nova Scotia? So I retired when COVID came because I didn't want to bring the virus home to my wife and my medical student son. But I always loved medicine, and I saw a small article from the NSH asking retired doctors to come back to work in virtual care. And I thought, 
wow, that's just perfect. What were some of the things you were doing in retirement? I was auditing earth science at Dell because I'm interested in geology. I have rare and exotic succulents that I grow from seed. This is a really interesting plant. It's one of the first flowering plants in the world. The herbivore dinosaurs ate this when they lived. Despite this beautiful and fulfilling retirement life, Norm couldn't resist the pull back to healthcare and to help address a real and growing need in the province. Medicine has always been never a job. It's just part of our life, part of who we are. Prior to VCNS, uh, Virtual Care Nova Scotia, had you been doing virtual medicine? Never. How hard was it to get started? Not at all. A little bit of software learning, that's for sure. Do you call yourself semi-retired or you're retired? Oh, this is not semi-retired. No, I work six days a week. How many, how many hours a day are you doing? How many hours a week? Well, I told my wife I'd do four, but I usually do many more. Six or seven. So you're. So this is like a forty-hour week. Oh, many weeks are forty hours or more. It depends. I can log on, and if there are a lot of people waiting in the queue, I will stay on and see people. We have a WhatsApp group. If there are a lot of people on and not many practitioners, I'll put out a request. Can people come on? And people will respond and log on, and we're all good to go. And how do they pay you? Oh, they pay us hourly, so we don't ever have to worry about waiting for people or um, people who are not technologically proficient, which is really important in Nova Scotia with our elderly population. And we can take time to walk them through everything and make sure that they just get the care they need and, and that, that they're satisfied with that. So walk me through a virtual patient encounter. What are the steps? So I log on in the morning and there's people waiting. I pick them up and I read about their requests and their history. And then I ask them if they want to have a video call. Video is much more important than phone because you can see someone, it's eye contact and you can see their home, you can see their expressions, you can see their disabilities, and you actually feel like you've met them. In virtual medicine, we can do many things. It doesn't replace family medicine where you have your own doctor, but it can be so good for the patient. They don't have to wait two weeks to get an appointment. They don't have to drive an hour in rural Nova Scotia in bad weather to get there. They don't have to sit for half an hour in a waiting room full of sick people. Have you sent anybody to the emergency department doing virtual care since you've started participating? I send someone to emerge perhaps every few days. I always write a letter so that they can take it to the emergency room physician. But we save more people going to emerge than we send, for sure. And the other thing is that we work on Sunday. And that's really important because there are no walk-in clinics open on Sunday. So everybody who's concerned would have to go to emerge. And if we can help people 
we can save so many emergency visits. I have saved hundreds of emergency visits, no doubt. We can do it all. We send them prescriptions. They can send that to their pharmacy. We can send them to get blood tests, urine tests, x-rays, ultrasounds, MRIs. We can send them to any specialist. So let's say Dr. Norm Pinsky or another virtual care doctor needs those in-person tests or exams done. Where do the patients actually go? Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, I'm Hi, I'm Brian. How are you? Hi, Brian. I'm great. Yourself? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for doing this. Yes, of course. About one in five patients who use VCNS need an in-person follow-up, often with a nurse practitioner and sometimes with a physician. Virtual Care Nova Scotia anticipated this need and built in-person follow-up care into the system. Medical clinics throughout the province are now serving a mix of their own patients and virtual patients. I've come to one of those clinics located in Halifax. Hi, I'm Stacy Lillington, a nurse practitioner here at the Kearney Lake Clinic, uh, working here for Virtual Care Nova Scotia. And my name is Elizabeth Hobson, also a nurse practitioner working for Virtual Care Nova Scotia at the Kearney Lake Primary Care Clinic in Nova Scotia. How many of these clinics are there in the province? That number will vary. I think we're up to 33 was the last time that I counted. Here at the Kearney Lake Clinic, we are the main uh, referral center for patients in Central Zone. So we see about 45% of all in-person referrals here at this clinic for the entire province. So it's a busy clinic. So it's a very busy clinic. So Elizabeth, tell me about the patients you see here. What are the typical reasons why, they're, why they need an in-person uh, adjunct to the, to the virtual visit? Yeah, so most of these patients that are being referred need that physical exam. The other uh, large population that we see are individuals who need a controlled substance, so for management of their chronic pain perhaps, um, their ADHD, things like that. Um, but some of the patients are complex, and it does involve a lot of um, like a chart review. So what is it, blood work, referrals, uh, tests? Give me a sense. Blood work, referrals, tests, physical exams, uh, making sure that their um, medications are still best practice, um, that are, you know, the numbers that we're seeing are what is recommended. Um, a lot of care coordination with a lot of specialists, though. That is a lot of the work that we will do. About half of the patients seen at the Kearney Lake Clinic have been referred by a virtual doctor or nurse practitioner. And if the patient has complex health care needs, think type 2 diabetes that's been neglected for years, NPs like Stacy and Elizabeth will see them in person for as long as needed. So if someone has unmanaged, you know, their chronic diseases are poorly managed, we're going to follow them for a period of time to optimize medications, to optimize any, you know, coordination of care with community resources. And once things are better managed, we send them back to the Maple platform. The thing is, many of the patients at this in-person clinic have complex needs that stem from going without a family doctor for years. It might be better to ditch virtual care and instead train and recruit more family doctors and NPs to see patients in person. Stacy Lillington. We're not going to magically find the hundreds of primary care providers that are going to be needed for this unattached patient population. So, you know, we have to be innovative. The whole country has to be innovative. And this particular program here is working well. A lot of health issues can be easily managed virtually. And we have the peace in this province that when patients can't be managed virtually, we have somewhere that we can send them. That's not 
an emergency department that's not a walk-in clinic. We have primary care clinics set up with physicians and nurse practitioners and family practice nurses. Um, So I'm optimistic because I think we're doing good work. As more and more patients say nice things about virtual care Nova Scotia, could the province pivot from trying to find family doctors altogether? As Leah DeForest says, great experiences aside, she's still holding out for that great family doctor experience she had before she moved here. I I worry that... Nova Scotia sees uh, online care as a solution and not bring in more doctors or not put in the the money and the effort to uh, attract and maintain, um, you know, a good cohort of young family, you know, general practitioners. Because I, I do think ultimately you need that, you need that one-on-one care. I mean, I can remember a doctor coming to the house as a child, you know, with the bag coming for a house call and, you know, to go from that to maybe it's full circle to having the doctor on your computer. But yeah, I, I still think that people need that rapport and that one-on-one experience having a personal doctor. Um, I, I just don't think you can replace that. And right now, the way the system is, it's it's a bit broken. It's feeling like we're not we're not there. As for Dr. Norm Pinsky, whether he's working out of his home office, surrounded by his rare cacti. I get seed from all over the world. Or out on the deck looking over the Beaver Lodge. He feels he's making a real difference practicing virtual medicine, even after an entire career seeing patients in person. You obviously see the advantages. Some are critical. Some family doctors are critical, people in academic family medicine. What do you say to those who have said publicly that you can't do a proper assessment virtually, that you have to see somebody in person? I I disagree with that. Virtual medicine doesn't replace a physical exam or having your own family doctor for 20 years, but it's just a part of the healthcare system that can help people. Is this program building up a cohort of unattached patients who will have no incentive to try to get attached? I don't think so. They're all waiting for family doctors. They're all glad when they get a family doctor. But this is just a great bridge until then. So what do you say to doctors in other provinces? This is Nova Scotia has has gone big on virtual care in in a way that no other province has done in, in the country what do you say to other other practitioners, other physicians and nurse practitioners practicing in other provinces? That's easy. Copy us. That's our show this week. A quick update. A few weeks after I visited Leah DeForest and Donald McLennan, they were informed that they may be matched with a family doctor in Chester, about a half hour's drive away. They're excited. If you've had virtual care recently or just want to comment, our email address is whitecoat at cbc.ca. White Coat Black Art was produced this week by Jennifer Warren with help from Isabel Gallant. Our digital writer this week is Jason Vermesh, and our digital producer is Ruby Buiza. Our senior producer is Colleen Ross. That's medicine from my side of the gurney. I'm Brian Goldman. See you next week. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.